0: Welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast where we believe building businesses is the ideal way to create more freedom and opportunity for you, your family, and those around you. Today I'm joined, as per is the standard, as per is the usual, a man who puts the cold in the cold call. The CEO of this operation, this little dingy boat out on the ocean of businesses, Ian, welcome to the program. If you stick around to the end of the episode, we'll talk about losing over 20 pounds in eight weeks with no exercise and how to remember anything without stressing yourself out. All right, let's get jumped right into the news. I'm working on something very exciting last week and this week, Ian. I've been on the horn every evening with Tommy Schultz, direct to Bali, and we're creating the expats guide to, or like the mini retirement guide to, we don't know what it's going to be called. Yet, but it's it's sort of a guide for people who want to do a mini retirement or want to expatriate themselves to Bali, which is a place that we want to have be more involved in our business.
1: Yeah, we love Bali.
0: We love Bali. We're going to be doing some real legit stuff in Bali in the end of the year. At least that's our plan shortly. We did a Ustream last Sunday night and it was awesome. I think 50 people showed up. The average number of people in the chat room at any given time was 25 to 30 people. Thank you to everybody who showed up. It was really sweet. We're going to do it once a month. The next Ustream is going to be February. 20th we'll make sure that we let everybody know about that obviously but it's gonna be a once a month thing it's a lot of fun to do the live you stream oh yeah that was cool let's move right on to the shouts big shout out to ian borders okay so ian borders commented on our blog post that he used a method that we talked about in the naughty episodes to pull in 70k in one month i gotta hear more about that jive. But one thing that is actionable right now is we're going to have a link to the VCEO.com. Ian Borders made an excellent guide about tax havens, one in particular in Malaysia. And he's coming out with some more. I like what that guy's doing. We need to keep following him. One other thing we got an email from new listener Adam. He says he's listening to the podcast over a Tiger Beer in Singapore. How do you like that?
1: Very cool, Adam. Thanks for letting us know. And we love it when people let us know where they're listening from. It's super cool to hear all you guys listening to the show from around the globe.
0: Awesome. The way to join the community, to give us a ring, to commenty commenty on our posts, to write us some emails, and also to maybe follow along with our Kiva investing group at kiva.org slash lifestyle entrepreneurs. One other thing, big shout out to Pat Flynn, a local San Diegan, author of the extraordinarily popular Smart Passive Income blog. Thanks for mentioning this Podcast on his blog. We didn't make it to the top four best podcasts, which is disappointing, but it's something something to, work for. something to work for. I actually think that the four podcasts that Pat identified are really good. Definitely check out that post. We'll link to it over there. Some questions. First, from Andrew Dobson from hypnoticmp3.com. Thanks for giving us a ring, Andrew. Let's listen to his question about affiliate art systems. Hey, guys. Love the show, like everyone. My first and original website was that I sell a hypnotherapy product online, hypnoticmp3.com, I want to re-add affiliate programs from other hypnotherapy sites. Now, I've done this in the past, and one of the reasons I stopped was because if a customer brought a product from Affiliate A, one from me, and then one from Affiliate C, they had three different checkout pages open. We all use different checkouts and affiliate systems, and I'm wondering, is there a program for a checkout that will allow me to take the orders using just the one system, which will then automatically send the order to the site who supplies the actual hypnotic MP3. Love to know an answer. I'm about to redo the hypnoticmp3.com website. Thanks a lot. Andrew, out. Bye. All right, Andrew, I'm going to cut the suspense right out the gate. I don't have an answer to your question, but I want to put it out there to the community. Everybody that has a spare moment, go check out hypnoticmp3.com. Essentially, what Andrew's running is a drop shipping site for information marketers.
1: And he's got a pretty common problem.
0: Hopefully, somebody can comment to comment to you on this post and get us moving in the right direction because I'd like to hear the answer to this type of thing too. Obviously something we're becoming more interested in. It's not the same thing. We have affiliates and partners that drop ship our products for us. When they make a sale, they're not going to be able to deliver to their customer unless we actually ship the product. Whereas with an affiliate, an information salesperson, they need to have their affiliate link sort of integrated into your site. If I were to address this, I would have my developer pack together our own cart that pulled in the APIs from the suppliers, whether that's ClickBank or eJunkie or whatever. But I'm really interested to see if there's a third party software platform that integrates this stuff for you. Andrew, thanks, man, for calling the podcast. Great website. And we hope that one of the listeners can educate us on this stuff. Next shout, we got a quick email from Dino, from dino.de. I actually met Dino in Manila. Awesome guy. He asked me, am I still planning on being a minimalist now that I'm in San Diego? Well, two things I think it's important to address. A lot of people don't know where I am. Right now, I'm officially stationed in San Diego. Give me the applause. we are back in town. So if anybody's coming through America's finest city, I do hope that you'll look me up. I'm going to be traveling a lot this year, but my home base is San Diego. I've got a condo. Ian and I are working on getting me a hot whip. The opportunity is incredible here right now in this town. This is my hometown. I didn't grow up here, but this is my adopted hometown as it is for almost everybody that lives here. And we can't find a local San Diegan to save our lives. Yes, I will be based out of San Diego. And the question, will I continue to be a minimalist? Well, I've already started ramping up the guitar equipment, which is one of my passions. I actually hope to talk about that a little bit more on the blogs in the future. Do you know I'm not a minimalist. I am a utilitarian. I try to have products and things that are the most effective. And when I'm traveling, I like to be light. I love the feeling of being light. But it's almost not a necessity, wouldn't you say? I'm not a minimalist. I don't identify with minimalism. I would say I like simplicity in all its forms the simplest stuff I can have that's great I mean even when you look at our business Ian we don't like to sign leases yeah and that gives us flexibility and simplicity that's just a principle that I try to have throughout my life if you look at a desktop on my computer it's generally clean if you look at my room there's very few things in there one of the things I don't like to sit stuff around my apartment because then I find it harder to clean surfaces so I actually don't have a lot of stuff sitting on desks and dressers and stuff like that
1: you do the signature thing where you back up the old trash can to the desk once a week and just kind of push everything into it
0: I'm infamous for throwing stuff away. Absolutely. I like to keep things as simple as possible. Thanks for writing in, Dino. Let's move on to the meat and potatoes, Ian. Today, we're going to talk about five signs you might
1: be a loser. Oh, and trust me, we know a lot about being a loser. We lose
0: all the time. The title sounds rude. We don't mean to offend anybody here. In fact, like Ian said, we're the biggest culprits in all this stuff. The way we came up with these five points is by identifying loser traits that we have, things that cause us to lose. And our goal here is to sort of root these things out of our personality, drive these things out of our person. A lot of the podcasts have been talking about, talking more about mindset here. And I think that's important. Having a great mindset is absolutely critical to success. It's been a big part of our transformation as entrepreneurs is changing our mindset about what we can accomplish and how to become a winner. Maybe in the lifestyle design community, there's not enough talk about victory. yeah, Outright victory. It's kind of like, I'm okay. You're okay. But at the end of the day, you have to win. You can't be a loser.
1: People don't take the Gary V. it thing Far enough. I mean, we take it really far in terms of victory and crushing competition.
0: If you want to make it in the business world, you're gonna have to outperform very smart people, very smart businesses. You have to take winning seriously. That's the bottom line. Let's get started on five things that we're trying to actively root out of our personalities. These are things that we think help contribute to our success. Number one, you might be a loser if you begrudge the success of others, especially people whom you disagree with.
1: I see this all the time with poor people or middle income people and rich. People pulling up to the light next to the guy in the BMW, or you're in the jewelry store, and the guy's dropping twenty thousand dollars on the tennis bracelet, and you kind of look over at him and you think, Wow, that guy, he's got all this money, what an asshole. But he built that money somewhere.
0: There's a tendency for people to write off people that have had some success. He got that because he's manipulative, or he got that because he's greedy, or he got that because he doesn't care about his family, or whatever your excuses for the successful person. Here's the problem when you do that: you cut off your opportunity to learn and instructive lessons from them. People do this all the time from Tim Ferriss. Now, they bemoan his success. He's a hypey marketer. He's this, he's that, he's that. The problem, of course, is when you do that, you write off your opportunity to learn about his success. Your opinion about whether Tim Ferriss is manipulative or not is
1: 100% irrelevant. And it's not going to change the world in any way.
0: Except it could change your ability to learn from his success and apply it to your more, as you see them, of course, more noble pursuits.
1: Right. So you don't have to be friends with Tim Ferriss necessarily.
0: No, and maybe we wouldn't be. The bottom line is, who cares? It doesn't matter. What we're trying to find is lessons for success. And by shutting people out and writing off their success and begrudging them for their success, not only do you bring a lot of negativity into your heart, but you cut off your opportunity to learn from them. Number two, and this is sort of similar, Ian, you celebrate or indulge in moral victories.
1: That's right. Dan drinks 10 Diet Cokes a day. I only drink one. I'm a much better person than Dan.
0: (laughs) Moral victory is essentially very dangerous. They're an insidious kind of victory because basically a moral victory is, when you lose but you tell yourself you won because you either did it the right way and this is problematic because of course you're making yourself feel good about losing the problem with moral victories is this Ian there's nothing wrong with losing necessarily from time to time the problem is when you can give yourself that little shot as if you didn't lose you don't actually have to feel the loss right because you have the moral righteousness and you can sort of sit in your bedroom and feel like you won anyway and the problem with a moral victory Ian is that you can deploy it at any time at any point in time you can Score a moral victory. And so they become addictive. They start to roll up on each other, and you can become the champion of the world in moral victories. And again, it never actually helps you get to a real victory, which is a problem. It's huge. It's huge. I have a big problem with moral victories, and I've certainly had a bunch of them in my life. I've not achieved things that I wanted to achieve, and I told myself it was okay because I was maybe even firming some destructive elements of my personality that prevented me from achieving real success.
1: Yeah, if you're going after something in business or in your personal life, it's important to really identify what you're going after and either identify victory or you identify defeat. Either way, I don't think that you should be allowed to accept defeat without feeling the burn.
0: I agree feel the burn baby let's move on to point number three you might be a loser you complain without offering solutions this is a common trait in people who are consistently not achieving what they want they are constantly complaining everybody knows the person in their life who is that negative person who just is constantly focusing on the negative negative. and there's this concept of reinforcing ways of thinking in your brain and you say you've got two paths in your brain you've got the complaint path and then the positivity building path what am i going to do about a path and i'll tell you what if we're doing the parable of the two paths in the woods, Ian. The one with the shrubbery and the barbs and the thorns and the poison ivy is to build something. Right. That's the tough one. The easy one is the complaint super highway. They don't charge a toll. They've got six <laughs> lanes. Right. You can go 85. There's no cops there, man. <laughs> you can just roll and you can just complain until your heart's content. You're reinforcing this negativity. You're not doing anything about anything. It's tricky because complaining is so easy to do.
1: Nobody wants to be on that highway with you either. So you have to really be careful. And you know, people around you that do this. And I try to keep myself as far away from them as possible. I try not to complain about things that I don't have solutions for. So maybe why the cable company is charging me so much. Another thing that I try to do as well is set up rules for a complaint. Only be able to complain about something three or four times before I have to make action. Again, It's
0: so hard to really do something about this stuff. We all complain. That's the other thing. I mean, I don't want to be overly tyrannical about not complaining, but it is a great experiment. Tim on his blog, I'd recommend everybody check out the link to the 21 day no complaint experiment. Not how to complain unless you're making a joke or you're providing a real solution to the thing that you're complaining about. I'm sensitive to this. I try not to get into complaining circles with people. I want to keep the positive vibes and think about how I can really make a change in the world. I want to just bring out a common theme in everything that we're talking about here. These are things that people do when they feel like they don't have any power or they're out of control. Good point. People that are out of control, people that don't have real power in their lives or they don't believe they're worthy of it. they don't believe they have it because having wielding real power takes so much time and effort to build up that it's so much easier just to complain it's so much easier to feel like you can't really do anything and therefore i'm just gonna complain but as an entrepreneur as a business owner as someone who wants to be successful and achieve real victory you've got to believe that someday you can build up the power to really make a change
1: you've got to take responsibility let's
0: go to the number fourth point you get offended by critical feedback that people give you i think a lot of people that are really successful they are good at not getting offended, inspiring people around them to talk openly and to give them critical feedback. What happens when you sort of shut down people from criticizing you or you get overly offended and you give negative feedback? You don't incentivize people to criticize you. What ends up happening is you develop these blind spots.
1: This week, I was teasing you about your haircut all week, pretty much. It got to the point where you didn't want to hear me tease you about your haircut anymore. But what I was really trying to do was suggest that you go to a new barber.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I opened myself up to that criticism. And imagine now if I would have just blackballed Ian on the hair front. I'm sensitive about my hair. i would never want to hear about my hair again. And the problem is then I would no longer have an accurate interpretation of how my hair was looking. And as an entrepreneur, you need to know what's going on. And the same thing goes for your business. Especially with your relationships. If I see this happen all the time. Paul Graham wrote one of the greatest essays I've ever read. It's called Keep Yourself Small or Own Small Identities. And the whole point is to try and identify less with things. Keep your identity small. The kinds of things that you get offended about keep them very small that way when people give you a criticism you don't feel like they're saying something about who you are the core of your being is not being offended instead you look at it as an opportunity to take that information and then to act upon it in a positive way this is one way that you can achieve more victory by allowing the world to give you more information about the truth of where you're at and then trying to figure out positive things to do about it
1: because the goal here is learning exactly all
0: right let's move on to the fifth point you might be a loser if you shy away from commitment and responsibility when whether that's in self discipline, in relationships or results, or goals would be another way to say it. And instead you let things prefer to like let them play out. Or you like to let other people make the decision about the way you should act or the way you should interact or whatever it is. I think one of the biggest things we talk about being an entrepreneur, we talk about giving a shit. We also talk about taking responsibility. I say the whole concept of take responsibility could be a metaphor for doing business or being an entrepreneur is about hyper responsibility. It's about not blaming others when things go wrong. And it's about saying that even if the truth of the matter, isn't that your responsibility, you're going to take responsibility for the way things
1: happen. Cause you ultimately want to shape the outcome. Right.
0: And the, here's a problem. This can be exhausting you to take responsibility for all these things that happen in your life. So a couple hacks is well, number one, focus. Of course, you can focus on the things that are really, truly important to you. That's your family, that's your health, that's your business. Identify what those things are and set up systems to succeed. The second thing, and we do a lot of this, Ian, is we set our environment up for success. Willpower is a finite resource. And if you depend on willpower, that's the problem with letting things play out. Because when you get in a situation, you're standing in the grocery aisle and you're looking at the food that you're going to buy and you don't have a rule, you haven't committed to become responsible to a rule about your health. Instead, you prefer to let things happen as they might come. You're instead relying on willpower or you're relying on yourself in an immediate moment rather than a judgment that you've made about who you're going to be. And you're going to be controlled by these forces. You're going to have less control. By having rules, you actually have more freedom. By giving yourself constraints, you have more freedom. And I think taking on on constraints. Is something that brave people do. It's something that responsible people do. People think it's very noble, the military man who decides to go serve his country or the family man who decides to go serve his family. Everybody looks and admires that commitment, that ability to step up and take responsibility. The more places you can do that in your life, especially in your business, the more things you can be responsible for, bigger chances you're gonna have for victory.
1: Rules are important in design. They're important in relationships. They're important in business because they do set up constraints that allow you to focus even.
0: Awesome. All right, let's do some more mindset stuff in the future if you guys have any feedback for things that you think makes us a loser let us know in the comments but not on our itunes page thanks for everybody who's been giving us reviews there by the way let's move on to the quick tips tricks and or funny joke section
1: yeah buddy so me and you are both on the four hour body diet we are on the slow carb diet which basically involves not eating any whites and very few sugars.
0: Yeah. If you haven't yet gotten a four-hour body and you want to lose tons of weight fast, you don't actually have to buy the book. This is actually an extremely easy diet follow. This is the second time I've been on the diet. Both times I've lost a huge amount of weight. In fact, I'm currently under 200 pounds for the first time in 10 years in my life. And I feel great. I actually jumped on a pull-up bar today and did six pull-ups without even thinking about it. And I kind of came off the bar and I was like, whoa, I just did six pull-ups. And I haven't been training. I have not been exercising very much. I've just been playing light tennis games. No exercise, literally no nothing. The pounds are melting off of my body by just following a few simple rules.
1: Yeah, the book is totally awesome. I recommend it to everybody. If you are going to buy the book, one thing that I wish I did was not buy it on the Kindle because it's kind of like an encyclopedia in a lot of different ways. So I recommend going out and actually buying the hard copy if you're going to buy the book. I think that's a great tip. One thing I want to mention
0: to the audience, go read the article. We'll link to it, the Slow Carb article, I Do Not Cook at Home. I eat out 100% of the time and I've been able to stick to this diet. I make some exceptions. I tweak it a little bit to make it a little bit easier. I do eat small amounts of carbs because I found that now that I've had the habit and I have more self-control because I've developed the habit. And so I can do things like eat 200 calories of carbohydrates a day and it makes it a little bit easier for me to like not be energy depleted. One of the challenges of the diet is that it can be a little bit tricky to get enough calories, like actually to eat enough at the beginning.
1: Yeah, the other day I found myself super dizzy, and then when I thought back, I I only ate like 700 calories for the whole day. Right.
0: One other thing that has been really critical for me is controlling alcohol intake. Sometimes lifestyle designer can double for party animal. One thing we've done is we've incorporated and we've suggestion for. Two glasses of red wine every evening. And then we take a cheat day to be the one day that if we want to go out and party, that's the night that we can do that. But I found that this has been absolutely excellent.
1: Plus, we're getting more work done, which is what I like. It's really nice
0: to be able to go out to the bar and be social and have a couple drinks. But also, I think this has been a big part of improving our health. Absolutely. Uh, That's one thing I want to recommend is rolling up the drinking diet into the food diet. The other thing I wanted to bring up, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, is the Google Calendar tickles. We just talked about the Ustream event, for example before we got on the podcast. The way that I remember that is I go to my Google Calendar and I type in an event and I say 7pm-Ustream dash Ustream event. And then I'll go to edit event details and I'll have Google Calendar send me emails two weeks in advance, one week in advance, three hours in. Great tip. You can set that all up. One thing is I got to follow up with my insurance agent in a couple of weeks. And if I just don't want to think about it, it's not like reevaluate your medical plan. Well, just put that out into July or whatever it is when you want to think about it, put it out there and have Google Calendar send you email reminder. And if you have a Gmail account, which we recommend, you can set this up in T-minus five seconds. It's great because it's stress-free. You'll be reminded and it's out of mind until the moment when you need
1: to think about it. I think ticklers come from David Allen from GTD. GTD, baby. If you haven't read
0: GTD yet, get that started. All right, we're going to play you out today with Boys and Girls, a follow dance track from Blur. Nobody's listening to Blur anymore. These guys were awesome back in the day. Not as awesome as Oasis, but awesome nonetheless. I love this song. Baseline, really. Thanks for joining me today. Look forward to see you next week.
1: yeah.
0: Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up and we'll keep you up
1: to date on everything.